0: Welcome to the Zulu Time Podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from Timely Underscore Moments. Right guys, I hope you enjoyed last episode, episode 80, where we spoke to Alex from the Army in Time podcast. I had a really good time talking to him. I loved his dedication for the podcast to the point where he actually recorded the podcast from his car. You know, I think that's dedication to... Um, coming onto the Zulu Time podcast. I think it's also a dedication to um, getting together a- across this, obviously, the, the watch fam, for want of a better expression. Um, and also, if you don't already follow Alex, obviously, go and follow him. He's a good bloke. Um, today's episode is another inter- interviewee episode. I finally managed to get him onto the podcast. And I'm actually really excited about this one because I've known uh, this individual for a good few years. I think it's coming on five years now um properly that i've known him um and it's taken me two years to get him onto the podcast because initially he was like no i'm not like into the into the idea of doing this and then i've managed to coerce him because you know i don't give up and i think he's got a really interesting story within the watch fam um he's got a, a lot of knowledge and vintage watches um and he does a lot for the wider watch community by running events so without further ado andreas Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for finally giving in and uh, coming and have a chat with me on the Zulu Time Podcast.
1: Always a pleasure, Daniel.
0: You look. It just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you look slightly nervous about it. We, right? we missed I, each other
1: a few times. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. you look slightly nervous about it, but I'm sure it'll be fine. It will be good. Um, firstly, before we start, um, guys, just so you're aware, Andreas is. He lives in Cyprus. That's how I I met him. Uh, when I was posted out in Cyprus, Andreas became my go-to, effectively watch guy and watch helper, and you know all that kind of stuff. Um. So Andreas is over there. Um. Bro, is the weather still as good as it was when I left, or has it got hotter? <laughs> Thankfully
1: not, but it's still in the low forties. You know, we're looking we're looking forward to a little bit of cooler weather next week.
0: Uh, see you say a little bit cooler weather but it's still only going to be about 36 degrees when i got back last weekend bro i i was i That's was not cold. bad for us i yeah, know i was cold when i got back last week like really yeah, yeah yeah like you know, the difference between 36 and going back down to about 22 was a little bit of a shock i thought oh this is you know it's noticeable um but yeah no i i also I also obviously look forward to so I'm coming back out to Cyprus at Christmas I'm looking forward to that but obviously from living out there as well um, I would always look forward to like you said a slightly cooler weather towards the end of summer coming into autumn I think the best time of the year to visit Cyprus guys if you are into visiting Cyprus or haven't been personally I would say like end of September October is a really good time because you still get the great weather but also you get the cheaper flights because kids are back at school
1: that's true. Also, the spring is nice, I have to yes. say.
0: Yes, 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 I agree. Um, Andreas, um, before we get into all things local time, all things world time, and all things Divers watches Facebook group, um, we have two traditions on this podcast. As with every watch podcast, it's, you know, it's, it's normal. But what watch do you have on your wrist today?
1: Right. Um, I happen to have uh, two watches on, okay. uh, on me today. On my uh, left, I have um, my uh, daily this week, which is a Ralph Tech Mediterranean. It's Mm -hmm. uh, a WRB um, uh, model that we issued with divers watches in 25 uh, pieces. Um, I think it was now three years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, mine is number one of 25. Um, And on my right wrist, I have an automatic um chronograph Mm -hmm. which is a customer's watch actually um he brought it in yesterday and uh, he told me it needs a service Mm -hmm. so as I do most times I wear it a little bit for at least a day because I want to get a feeling of you know, has he been winding it or yeah. you know, is he one of the guys that says, Oh, but it's in, it's an automatic, doesn't need to be, <laughs> you know. So I'm 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 giving it a a test, a test yeah. right, let's say. So nice. and that's uh, Jean Richard, by the way. Okay. Um, I've heard of it. Used is to it be every- owned. Used is- to be owned by Girard perego Oh okay. Yeah, I've heard of girard nice yeah uh, it's actually the full name and that would be interesting to you is Daniel jean richard D- i never knew that yeah drj look them up mm-hmm. nice yeah
0: piece. i, will do. I yeah. will do i'm gonna note that down now um so um it comes with no surprise guys uh the watch that i tend to wear is you know i i have a large amount of watches but i tend to only wear like a small amount of them and they come up quite regularly in the podcast but i am wearing an elliott brown um uh, the reason why i'm wearing an elliott brown is because at the time of this recording i'm due to go to the elliott brown boutique launch Um, And obviously, by the time you're listening to it, the boutique launch has happened and I've had a great time, Uh, but I'm wearing my Elliott Brown Beachmaster, which is their latest watch, which is obviously the um, GMT movement with the patent timing Mm -hmm. bezels on it, which obviously allow you to use that movement to count down 12 hours, count up 12 hours, um countdown from 60 seconds and 60 minutes um whilst displaying two time zones at the same time all passively without having to press any buttons or fiddle with anything so it's a really clever watch um it wears really well for such you know a comp, effectively a complicated watch um, and a complicated dial because it you know you do have to kind of like get used to looking at it but actually the way they've designed it it's still not too it's not overly cluttered um but it wears really well it's 41 mil and i absolutely love it so um that's the watch that i've got my wrist today um andreas so you've been in watches a very long time right like you know um you've got a lot of knowledge um through being a vintage dealer through dealing with servicing and all that kind of stuff but from my time mm-hmm. in Cyprus, um, basically, you're, the, you know, that, from my knowledge in Cyprus, you're effectively the only person who does this, you know. Um, but also from my time in Cyprus and conversations I've had with you, like watches are a very small subset of like Cyprus and the Cypriot culture. What made you decide to, well, well basically, what attracted you to watches in the first place?
1: A couple of things. Um First of all, I, I remember w- when I was uh, going off to study in university. You know, I remember my dad taking me around and uh, uh, buying a couple of things. You know, uh, that, that was back in the uh, in the mid eighties, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I was going to study in Switzerland, yeah. so I had to go shopping for a raincoat. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. because we don't have raincoats here in Cyprus. So no. You don't have rain
0: you you rarely have rain in cyprus
1: (laughs) so he took me out shopping and you know he bought me a raincoat and then we went to buy um a typewriter back then it was just when you know um computers were starting to get commercialized and I, i mean i remember learning about computers in high school and you know we had a couple in the anyway so he bought me a typewriter that i had to take with me to university and he gifted me a watch mm. and um wasn't you know for, for me back then it was a wonderful watch it was a timex yeah gold plated you know nice arabic numbers all around and uh, a dress watch i really I, and i used to I, I kept that watch up until about 10 years ago
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: when completely stopped working you know and um so i i had a watch from you know quite a young age well young age being in my teens and um uh then of course you know i landed in switzerland right in the middle of the swatch boom Mm -hmm. you know and i remember every you know we used to save a little bit of money and um, you know all of us had three or four swatches here and there Mm -hmm. um the other thing is, um, of course, that wasn't my, my first watch that my dad put me. My first watch I bought it for myself, because I started uh, learning how to scuba dive mm-hmm. at the age of sixteen. Yeah, and back then there were no, you know, fancy consoles and you know computers and everything. You had your, you know, your depth your depth coach and your depth gauge and your and your trusted computer. And I mean, um, a watch. watch. Um, and um, I, I don't ask me what brand it was. I don't remember. It was a mm-hmm. quartz black PVD watch. That's all I remember about it. <laughs> and it lasted. It lasted for a few years until I got my next watch while I was in university. Uh, 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 sorry, while I was I was working in in New York after my studies, which was uh, a, a Citizen Aquan. And, and back then those were their watch to have you know they were big they you know they had multiple crowns they did this and that you know um uh, so that's that's how i started and uh you know um, i had you know little tinglings here and there uh throughout my teen years and my early 20s Yeah. and um, um, you know that evolved into always having a few watches around more than mm-hmm. one
0: yeah uh, nice nice the um okay. C- the citizen aqualand still got a bit of a cult following now hasn't it you know I've Dude, seen, yeah, yeah. and i that's saw them. that citizen re-released it didn't they um was it yeah. earlier this year yeah. you know yeah. they, they look really cool i mean i'm not a diver and i think they look cool um i'd never obviously use those watches to the fullest potential i never use any of my watches to the fullest of their potential let's be honest <laughs> you know but it yeah. is still cool to have that connection um with Obviously, you know, you've touched on that. You used to dive um, and um, that's kind of like you, that was your first connection to watches. So obviously, clearly, that's you know how your connection with divers watches has been all the way through your time in watches and your interest in watches. And, you know, we're going to get on to the group later on. But um I've seen some of your collection, like your personal collection, and you've got some very interesting pieces in there. But during your time as a scuba diver, and you know, recreationally, you know, did you notice particular brands being used by divers at the time? You know, that are you know around today still. You know, was there a lot of doxa divers, for example, being used um, <laughs> in the Mediterranean? And I rest? wish.
1: <laughs> no i don't i i didn't look i was a 16 year old kid who liked mm-hmm. to see you know yeah. and um the only reason back then that i had a watch is because i had to have a watch mm-hmm. otherwise you couldn't measure your you know your bottom time yep. and um i think that's lovely in a way because you know i i started using a watch as as a tool that i needed For what I was doing, it wasn't because oh you know I graduated and I got a watch from my parents, or oh you know um, everybody's wearing one Mm -hmm. and I'll go buy a fancy watch as well. You know, look, I got my ex brand as well, so uh, for me, it started as a, uh, something that I, I had to have. I had, you know, mm-hmm. I had to save some money and go buy a watch because you, you know, you went to the scuba diving center and they would give you anything, yeah. you know, for your dive, except a watch, you know, yeah. they didn't have watches for everybody. <laughs> you know. mm-hmm. But no. And I, 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 you know, I mean, now every, every time I go scuba diving now, you know, I watch people's wrists more than anything else
0: you know (laughs) what's that guy wearing
1: yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and is it
0: now when you go is it always dive computers or do you still see some people with analog watches
1: I don't I don't go that often anymore I have to say you know um I did some uh diving last year with my son who got uh you know certified uh two years ago and he really wanted me to go with him. So it, yeah. it, it was a small group of people. Uh, some of them were tourists. Uh, people like that don't wear, you know, fancy mm-hmm. computers. Uh, you know, the, uh, what do you call them? The the trainers and the people that take you out from the scuba diving center, they don't wear fancy, you know. I mean, they look nice, those fancy computers, but I, especially if you go, um, if you're into recreational diving, yeah. which Part of rec- rec- recreational diving is is shallow diving, really. Um, then you don't you don't need that. you you need to know your bottom time and you know how mm. much air you're going to live.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, because you don't <laughs> want to die. Um, talking about diving, out of pure my pure interest now, um, because I know it's there in Cyprus, and I'm guessing you've dived on it. But the Zenobia wreck is it as cool as everyone makes out? Oh God, yeah. You have to go to the Zenobia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. guys, just, just so you're I mean, I'm going to put it into the show notes, but the last time I Googled Zenobia was when I was actually posted in Cyprus. And if I remember correctly, at the time, Um, So this is about five years ago. But Zenobia was considered like in the top 10 of wreck dives in the world. Um, Andreas will probably tell you a little bit more about it because he's clearly been there. But from my understanding and knowledge, it was a car ferry that sank in a storm and it's on its side.
1: I I think they're called Roros or something. Yeah
0: yeah yeah so, so so yeah roll on roll off ferry is and yeah. it, I, I think it's it's on its side isn't it and it's like what it is, is on it?
1: its side it was on its maiden voyage mm-hmm. and um it started taking water as it was because it came if I remember well it left a port in um, Scandinavia uh, mm-hmm. Sweden or Denmark or whatever and it came uh, uh and it was going to go uh through the Suez Canal to continue his mm-hmm. journey. And he was making a stopover out outside Larnaca.
2: Yep.
1: And as he was approaching Larnaca, it started taking water. So they didn't allow the ship to get into the port. Mm-hmm. So they asked him to you know in layman's terms park it outside you know yeah. and um, while he was parked there and uh, you know there were efforts to see what was because they didn't know what was going on yeah um it, it you know it took a lot of water and he went on inside there's a temp for that i forget that i forget yeah. it now and eventually sunk you know yeah and it was brand new Mm-hmm. loaded with uh, cars and uh, you know I, I think there were a lot of trucks on it mm-hmm. i don't expect to see any porsches down there You know? i think <laughs> it's mostly trucks yeah um and it was of course it was in perfect condition and it mm-hmm. landed uh, i mean it landed it um, it sunk at around uh, i think it starts at 24 meters um, okay uh, that's when you first get to it um and it's it's very close to to the shore. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can't swim to it, but you get uh, you get you know um, you, you, you can only go there as an organized dive. Yep. Uh, so the 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 center will you know uh, take you on a boat, and it's maybe a seven minutes or five minute, you know, yep. right there, and uh, it's beautiful, Christ, crystal clear mm-hmm. waters. I mean nowadays i mean i went i went when it was still a young wreck you know and yeah. it wasn't it was it was a clear wreck but there was no much not much sea life yet yeah yeah now it's amazing amazing yeah. the, the sea life that developed uh on that wreck is amazing
0: yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. I've seen photos from friends of mine who are dive instructors out in Cyprus still. And yeah, it is something that I just need to man up and pay the money to just go over it. Like I said, I'm probably I'm never going to go in it, probably, clearly, because I'm not that level. Um, but even just to see it and look down on, on it would be cool enough for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um,
1: interesting, interesting fact about the you mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh one of the watches we issued as um, the Divers Watches Facebook group because we always have tried to have a twist, you know, a story about our watch. One of them is called the Zenobia. That's cool. And uh, we did it uh, uh, with Carlos in Portugal, um, and uh, it's got it's got the Zenobia um, image on its back. Of course, the model is called Zenobia, and it's also got the GPS location of it on on the back. That's cool. I, th- I think we made two hundred or three hundred pieces.
0: It was a uh, really nice really nice watch that's cool that's cool i didn't know you did that one well, um grab one if
1: you ever find one
0: <laughs> I, will, I will i'll ask you to keep an eye on yeah, <laughs> yeah. easy uh so andreas talking about very quickly talking about obviously your personal collection and other things within watches obviously Doxa has featured very heavily in your own collection and I know there's a few guys in the audience so it is a bit of a loaded question because I know they want to know your opinion on Doxa and and all that kind of stuff but effectively yeah what what do you like about Doxa what Doxa watches do you have in your collection and what do you think of modern Doxa compared to the more vintage pieces you know are they comparable Hmm.
1: well that's an interesting question Uh, well what, what I like about Doxa, what drew me to Doxa? Um, in one sentence, I think it was uh, its association with uh, Cousteau. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young lad, you know, I used to, one of the things we used to watch back then was the, the Cousteau, you know, show, let's call it. Uh, and uh, I loved that. As a matter of fact, one of the, uh, you know, what I wanted to study. Was uh, to be a marine biologist, mm-hmm. and uh, I never made it. You know, I wasn't a, you know, uh, a very good student. Didn't get my <laughs> results. And I you know, uh, you don't become a marine biologist just by having a PADI certificate. You know, for uh,
0: uh, yeah. even
1: as a dive master. Uh, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't make it. But back then, I remember. You know. I remember this is the 80s, you know, there's no Internet, there's no YouTube, there's mm-hmm. no you know, podcasts or whatever. All you have is a couple of magazines at the local store and, um, you know, you guys had, I don't know, BBC One and BBC Two and we yeah. had CYBC One and that yeah. was it. You know, so I looked forward to uh, little house on the prairie and Cousteau, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was it, dude. You know, there was nothing yeah. else. Now you got Netflix, and you know, yeah. six six remote controls. You know, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, you know, I that was my passion. Like, you know, I like mm-hmm. to sea. I was born in an island. Of course, I live here. You know, we as kids we spent a lot of time in the sea, you know, and um, I guess I saw, I saw that as a way to something that I could dream to do uh, professionally, but it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But that was, that was, you know, I remember doing a little bit of reading because um, I used to um, uh, do uh, one of my dad gifted me I remember in the early '80s a subscription to National Geographic yeah. magazine, you know, and uh, I used to read a little bit there. And uh, there were often um, articles about uh, stories about either Cousteau or, yeah. you know, famous dive sites or underwater archaeology, etc. And I used to subscribe to um, uh, what was it called, Skin Diver magazine, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, and then you know that was my hobby. Let's call it my hobby back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great time doing it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it affected my you know my whole adult life later on with things like you know my what I like in watches. You know yeah. the journal of, uh, you know sport dive watches and you know dive, the divers watches group, etc. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. In terms of uh, specific diving watches within your collection then um what vintage ones do you have uh, you know because like i said i know you have vintage doctor um are they even you don't take them obviously. you don't take those into the water but you know are those do do they obviously remind you of the, those things that you used to do in the 80s or is it just because you know that they're a good brand and you know i mean it's it's from dealer's perspective why you have those is what i was getting at
1: well they're you know even design-wise they're what i like in the watch. you know mm-hmm. they are they, they they have a good size they're not yeah. huge mm-hmm. but they have a good size um they're colorful
0: which yeah. i like
1: I, I i wear colorful watches I mean, mm-hmm. Dive watches, uh, uh, yeah, and I'll I wear a watch on a strap. You know what I mean. I don't. Uh, I, if you've worn the 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 right way, I think it's classy. Yeah, and uh, of course, um, you know, um, back then, I, you know, I did find out what watches that team Cousteau used to use, mm-hmm. and. Um, I knew what Aquaram is, yep. which was the company that Cousteau set up in the US to sell dive, dive diving equipment and yep. you know, and including watches. Um, so uh, it, it was one of the uh, watches that uh, uh, I liked, the the Doxa Yep. Uh, and um, I started collecting it. In the beginning mm-hmm. and then i started you know finding out about the different um, variations of the model yeah and uh, you know differences between uh the 60s models the 70s models and then even the 80s models and even uh, there er- the earlier you go back you know the differences between what we call the toxa toxas and then the, the synchron Doxas, yeah. which um, are the uh, watches that um, w- were developed by Syn- this, uh, synchron group when it uh, doxa group uh, joined the synchron group mm-hmm. uh, and um, slowly I developed you know my my interest in doxa became more and more focused yeah um, so i started off with you know wanting to have uh, one of each uh, yep. model, and uh, then that became two of each model and then one with and one without aqualan yeah uh, and then uh, i found out about accidentally of course about different doxas that had a misprinted model name on them yep and um then there were the chronos which were very rare to find uh, in a good condition uh, and even to find one you know mm-hmm. and eventually if you ask me now i would doxas i have now i've 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 really zoomed in to the very early models mm-hmm. which are, are known as the no t models okay. so it's uh, you would have a doxa 300t yeah I mean tritium and doxa 300 without the T yeah and those are earlier models mm-hmm. uh and they have a few differences than the T models they have a different case it's a thinner yeah. case uh it's a thinner bezel yeah uh, it's not a flat crystal mm-hmm. but it's a it's a domed plexiglass yeah and they are as rare as hen teeth, as we say in the watch world. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I stick to those now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I used to have more than I have now. And uh, when people ask me why, uh, you know, it's what I do as a living. So every now and then you have to, you, you can't keep them all.
0: You know? No, you can't. <laughs> you definitely cannot keep them all as much so, as we want to. Yeah.
1: But I remember I'll tell you a funny story. At some point, when I was really into doxa and I I mean I I would buy them left right and center when nobody Mm -hmm. was buying them and I couldn't find crystals Mm -hmm. because uh, when when you get to the Ts you know the 300 Ts the 750s the six you know uh, the uh, the they used a, a flat crystal yeah and being what they were which was a tool watch most yeah. of them came with pretty scratched crystals Customs. yeah and you couldn't do anything about it i mean you could you can't just polish it you know mm-hmm. uh, it won't do so um uh in the beginning i knew where to buy some crystals and then the, I, I knew this guy in france and um uh he had a few and i i bought them all eventually and then at some point i didn't have any more mm-hmm. and uh well i had a cable which i had kept with my watches as spares yeah. so i thought to myself what do i do now if yeah. i want to continue this i have to have crystals because yeah. you know when you when you um repair or or, or put a watch for a service and it's a vintage one when you change the crystal it makes all the difference it you does know, yeah you and, and especially doxas they have a um a very big and thick um gasket on the crystal so mm-hmm. you you wanna you know um when you service it if you can do that it's that's it's recommended it. yeah um so i had them produced <laughs> i i made i ordered 300 crystals mm-hmm. And to this day, I probably have another couple of
0: hundred left.
1: You know, know other than Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Well, it's always good to have spares, guys. So if you have any docks of crystals, obviously, and Andreas is your man. Um, Andreas, moving on to your shop now, obviously local time or my local time um I love it it's great it's a physical shop in Nicosia guys so if you ever get a chance to visit Nicosia um or Cyprus please obviously tie in with Andreas and just see if you can go and have a look because it's a great space um but as a shop Andreas how long have you owned and run local time I, I know it's obviously a lot longer than well, I've known you and I've known you since what mid 2018 properly you know, yeah, but how how long has the shop been running, and how long have you been a, a watch dealer as it were?
1: Well, I opened the store, my first store, because this yeah. is my second store, yeah. uh, in two thousand eleven. Okay, uh, so it's been twelve years now. Uh, I did. I, I should specify because I said earlier I went to Switzerland to study. I didn't study to be a watchmaker or anything related to watches. I studied to be a hotelier, and I spent uh you know my whole career being a hotel manager Yeah. Uh, so when i uh retired from being a hotel manager i thought to myself okay so what do i do now yeah so but by that time i had a pretty decent vintage collection uh, yep. vintage watch collection you know so that was my starting capital let's call it you know yeah. i sold that and opened my my store mm-hmm. Uh, so it's since 2011
0: is, mm-hmm. is awesome. and obviously i mean i've been to both stores i think they're both they were both fantastic in they're both you know very different ways because they're in different parts of the city and they're physically different buildings um but you know what you provide is the same stuff right obviously you have your vintage side and then you are also effectively an ad for certain brands uh yeah. and obviously we're going to talk about which brands you've you are an AD of and why you've chosen those? I've funnily enough, guys, they're all divers-related watches, which I think is great and tool watches. Um, but those relationships, Andreas, that you've fostered and obviously now have gained to the point where you are an AD with certain brands, is that was it purely through being a vintage dealer, making those connections across the horology industry and dealers, um, or was it because you like you know you like those brands and you kind of chase them down even if you had no reason or no connection with their vintage pieces for want of a better expression?
1: Well, I mean to be quite honest, I, I think I made more connections through diver through the Divers Watches Group, okay, uh, rather than being a vintage dealer um, mm-hmm. they're a little bit different the connections you make as a vintage dealer you meet more vintage people yes uh you know you, you're not gonna meet the guys from zine or the guys from Squale or the you know um but through the divers watches group mm-hmm. i met a lot of brand owners a ton mm-hmm. of brand owners and um then after that you know um when I decided to um, start having a few uh, new watch, modern watch brands uh, in my store, then I, you know, I, I, I could pick up the phone and call people, you know, because yep. I had met them and I yep. had met them because they, you know, uh, they helped us with diverse watches and we helped them. You know yep. uh, when they wanted to promote something or whatever um and i could you know a lot a lot of the brands that i i have and i sell in my store now are brands that affected me you know had an effect on me as vintage watches yep. for example the wallet brand yeah, or the zfc brand or the Zin brand you know uh, mm-hmm. so yeah Uh, Some of the brands, um, you know, are brands that meant something for me, from my vintage uh,
0: dealings. Mm. And um, what, just so obviously the audience are aware, because obviously they can't see, they've not, not all of them have obviously been to the shop. But what brands other than Zin, obviously we've mentioned Zin, we've mentioned Squalo, but what other brands do you obviously represent, as it were, as an AD?
1: Well, um, as an AD, uh, I, I represent Boulder, I mm-hmm. represent Ormex. um I represent uh, uh, Raymond Vale, um, Orient, um, Ralph Tech, Squale,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Supolta, ZRC, Mark and Sons. And mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll, I'll, um, I'll be adding a couple of more, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I know you um... know you know I know already one that I'll be starting uh, by the time no well no a little bit after this airs because I uh, um, um, I had a meeting with the brand owner who was vacationing in Cyprus uh, last week and we agreed on everything and um, I said give me a couple of months to finish with the well Time uh, event yeah and I uh, can start
0: in, nice. Uh, in nice well will yeah. that will that brand be attending World time as well or is it just not this, not this year okay they
1: attended uh, a couple of other years uh, this year he said uh, they, they have an they have an agent in the UK up north nowadays and I think he'll be attending uh, another uh, event up there uh, if I understood you well
0: okay, cool. Well, guys, keep uh, keep an eye out, obviously, for what brand that may or may not be uh, in the future once this episode is done. Um, Moving on to the Divers Watches Facebook group then itself. So the advent of social media has obviously meant that effectively more more watch nerds can speak to each other because of the joy that is social media and Instagram and Facebook. Um, How long because I've been a member of Divers Watchers Facebook group since 2018, but, like, obviously it's been around a lot longer. Um, Last I checked, there were 76,000 members, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, again, what made you... St- set it up you know what 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 made you set it up you know and I know there's for want of a better expression there's chapters all over the world in different places that do different meetups Um, and obviously for the UK element we have the world time event but you know what made you set it up and was it yeah was it just to perpetuate this love for divers watchers and trying to find like-minded individuals or was there other reasons for you to set it up
1: Okay, uh, an interesting question. Um, when I opened my first store in two thousand eleven, yeah. this is you know this is just a guy in Cyprus, you know, with an online store opening yeah. a retail store, you know. So mm-hmm. um, you have to understand. The, um, I remember I, I was sitting in the store, and I'm like, okay, I have to do something to try and, um, you know, be more out there. Yeah. Because otherwise, what do I do here? I'm sitting in a store in Cyprus. Um, pretty pretty soon I'm, I'm going to be relevant, you know, yeah. as a brand. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I said, I, I, you know, I thought to myself, I know what to do. I'll create a couple of Facebook groups. Yeah. And back then, you know having a facebook group it wasn't you hear it you hear this now and you're like yeah yeah yeah. there's like a gazillion groups on facebook now back then i remember it was um other than us it was uh what was the name of the um uh oh god there was another group not red bar huh not red bar no they didn't even exist back then red bar it was um uh watch something um i'll rem- remember it it was, it was it's a guy in switzerland um wrist something anyway and i remember looking at the, i was a member there too you know and i think it had 4000 members and i'm like mm-hmm. i remember thinking oh my god imagine if i had a group and I put a, a photo up there and you know, 4,000 people would see it. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I remember in one afternoon, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to make a couple of, a couple of them, a couple of yeah. groups. So I thought, you know, and, and this, I was affected, I, I, you know, by what I was dealing with as a vintage dealer. So I, I said to myself, what are the type of, of groups I, I sell? Yeah. Well, I sell divers watches yeah i sell chronograph watches yeah i i sell um pilot watches Yeah, you know and um uh i added a couple of more one of them was of of course vintage timepieces yeah and um celebrity watches so in one afternoon i created five facebook groups yeah and after that you know i used to um use them all every day and make my posts and uh, you know uh, and but the market took off over after that and mm-hmm. you know more some of them like divers watches grew much faster than any yeah. of the other ones mm-hmm. i think the the second largest group i have now is chronograph watches with yeah. fifteen thousand members it's um but nothing, I mean, 76,000, I could never even dream about that. No. And um, especially with a group that, we're not an open group, we're a, a, a private group. Yes. You yeah. have to ask to be, um, you know, admitted and yes. trust me, not everybody gets in, you yeah. know, because the, the bigger you get, the stricter you, you have to get, you know, because that's a lot of people. It is a lot you, you know if you if you don't have uh, uh, some rules and regulations about how certain things happen then it's going to be mayhem pretty soon mm-hmm. well, that that's how it happened and um, and um at some point I remember I mean I remember us you know the uh, you know at some point I had to add admins and uh, yes. I needed I needed help I couldn't be there all the time you know, and then uh, we became fifteen thousand. Oh, let's make a T-shirt. You know, a big fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, or then twenty and twenty-five. Every time we were like, oh my god, we added five thousand more people, mm-hmm. and before you know it, we're at seventy-six. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, 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 if you allow me, I'd like to take a little moment here mm-hmm. and thank all the brands that helped us to achieve yeah. that because if it wasn't for them uh we probably wouldn't be where we are now yeah Um, i hope that we manage to help as much even half as much as they helped us
0: yeah yeah Yeah. no i I, i think like you said it's the the, r- the relationship that you and the group have with the brands, like you know, from my experience of going to the physical events, you know, and we're going to talk about World Time in a moment, but like it's a friendly atmosphere. It's uh, it's 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 a really good atmosphere to be in, and like you can tell where the brands you know can really do connect with effectively their future you know customers their client base and all that kind of stuff and I think it is really great to see that you know form. Yeah. so I can I can see why you know you you know why you would thank them I mean also I suppose you should also you know we should also probably thank their ad- the, the group's admins because I know uh, one particular admin is, is always busy and absolutely loves it um so a bit of a shout out to Colin because he's always busy around this time of year trying to <laughs> organize the uh, world time event yeah to Big Colin. shout out uh, to—he's our
1: senior admin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just old. We tell him that, you know, he's just old.
2: Yeah. And, uh, so we make him senior, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a good plug, yeah <laughs> And you know the admins, uh, the admin group we have now. Yeah. It, I, I think we've we've been the same admin group for at least the past—I don't know—six, seven years. Nice. You know, we, we we're just friends. You yeah. know, and we wake up every day and we go in the chat and say, "Hey guys, how is everybody doing?" Etc. And yeah. um, love everybody.
0: You know, they've been there uh, in good days and in bad days. Because mm-hmm. that's it, isn't it? At the end of the day, and I've said this on multiple podcasts, multiple yeah. people across the, you know, individually and across the watch fam, I've always said that we come for the watches, but we stay for the people. I think that's the best way to yeah. describe yeah. describe this weird well, sure. weird hobby. You know um in terms of world time then andreas so talk to me about world time in fact no very before we could do that very quickly um obviously we are going to talk about world time and about the british uk meetup, the get together but the divers watches facebook group being seventy six thousand people there are other places where you have had events or you do meetups and stuff like that um, off the top of my head is it new york berlin and athens I believe have had meetups before?
1: Oh, we've many more than that. I mean we
0: uh,
1: we did in Singapore, we did in New York, of course, we did in Zurich, we did in Munich, uh Paris, um Cyprus, of course, Greece, Mm -hmm. uh Berlin. Um pretty much everywhere um I was going on holidays. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. how it started really yeah, yeah you yeah. know because uh, so, you know and this gives you an idea of how things work in the group you know yeah. I, I, I remember in the beginning i'd be like hey guys i'll be in paris for a few days you know mm-hmm. do we have anybody in paris and you know 20 people raised their hands and hey let's meet up and have a drink you know mm-hmm. and um uh, one uh one owner uh, in Paris said, you know, why don't you guys come over to my boutique and we you know, mm-hmm. we'll have a drink and then we'll go have a pizza next door or whatever. And that's how it started. So every, everywhere I was going, I was like, hey guys, I'm there next week. Is there anybody around? And we would make, you know, Plans. but then, then these started getting bigger. I mean, yeah.
2: uh,
1: I remember, for example, when I went to Singapore and we, we, it, it it coincided with um, a release of our um, our Zillow's watch back yep. then. Um, and I mean, Singapore is by itself a huge watch market. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't imagine. I mean, it's a small place, smaller than Cyprus, but mm-hmm. everybody loves watches there, you know. Yeah and what you know what was going to be a you know a small get-together you know we ended up having a few dozen people coming to uh yeah, the event that we organized and uh, you know uh, we used that event to uh and uh you know Elshan gave out the watches to everybody that had bought one in in uh, singapore etc and then yeah. we had a, another big one in, in new york yeah in new york twice Mm-hmm. um you know to the place to to the point where we had to actually start renting uh venue you yeah. know it was one thing to say i remember for example we met in zurich with um uh Kyle from Stratton and uh, um i gave him a call i was there with some other friends and i said hey you know you want to come over for dinner tonight and yeah. before we knew it we were half dozen people you know and having drinks and whatever but that, that was one thing you know you go to a restaurant or to a bar and you get a table or two and you do that but if you know there's 50 60 people coming yep other things get into play and they're bringing watches with them you know and yeah. then security comes to mind and and that's 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 how if if you wanted to use something as why london and why where you do it now yeah that's a good time to do that because i can explain to you why a lot of people ask me for example why not central london mm-hmm. and um, uh, the biggest problem we had with london was finding a venue yeah for you know the few hundred or the 200, let's say that we had on the first first one we did. Yep. yep. It's not easy. Where do you Good. go? You mm-hmm. go to a restaurant. It's not big enough. Yep. You go to a bar, even smaller. Yep. You go to a hotel, uh, and then what? A, 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 you know, Central London hotel, uh, and 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 rent a, a what room? You know, a conference room for 200 yeah, yeah, yeah. people things are getting expensive you know yeah so um, we i don't know if you want to talk about world time uk now but
0: yeah yeah, I, yeah I, let's let's talk about it. That's, let's that's, talk that's about what
1: it. I, you know i, I remember uh, the, the way the way we started uh, london was um, i was i was visiting london and um, Uh, I remember I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, I'm going to London and you know how we did that thing in Paris and Munich and uh, because she she happened to be there in Paris. Um, What do you think I could do it in London? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I asked her because my wife lived in London for many, many years. And I value her opinion a lot, you know, and she said, why don't you go to that hotel, you know, when I used to work for such and such company, that's where I, uh, you know, we had our Global meeting. Yeah, I said, "Well, okay," and she said to me, "You know, it was in Terminal Five at Heathrow at the Sofitel." Yeah, and because um, uh, um, I had a couple of weeks before that, I had been to the Sofitel in Athens. Yeah, I immediately grasped the idea. You know, it's uh, outside the city, but for the people that live in the city, it's a 30, 40 minute drive to get there. Mm-hmm. And for anybody coming from outside is a quick flight. They don't need to get into London. They land in terminal five, they mm-hmm. walk into the hotel, literally. Yeah. And and that security wise, it's a big thing. Yeah. you know, um, So we started uh, in 2000, um, Uh, 17, with um, a Mm -hmm. get-together, GTG, you know, and we were people which were Divers Watches Facebook group members in the London area, and basically Colin called the hotel up and said, hey, you know, can we, can you book for us, you know, uh, a few tables in your bar? for 30, 40 people. Yeah. And uh, then when we announced it in the group and we you know we made a, an event page, et cetera, then we got a couple of calls from uh, a, a call from a couple of brand owners uh, who said hey I'll come and join you guys and you know have a drink and whatever and can I bring some of the watches with me? You know? Yeah and if I do can you arrange for a little table for me etc and uh then we had another guy a a member very dear friend who said you know i have one of these uh, can i bring my time grapher Mm. and if anybody wants to do test their watches i can do it for them i won't charge he said yeah so so we went back to the hotel and said hey we need a couple of tables (laughs) This is interesting for you the third the third table there was bremont totally yeah, it was Bremont. It was Clemens Helberg from Germany. Yeah, and um, my friend who came with his timegrapher. That was the first get together. First one. We had. we had two brands and
0: a guy with a timegrapher. Nice. <laughs> and it and it's and it's grown exponentially now. So um, obviously this year's event, how many roughly off the top of your head? I mean, I know you have the information, but you know, um, roughly how many brands are attending this year. Brands, uh,
1: brands will have about 70 brands. Um,
0: so you've of, grown from two brands in a time grapher to 70 <laughs> to 70 brands in yeah. what? So 2017, in six years. Yeah. That's mental. Absolutely yeah, mental. It is. I mean, we 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 moved from the bar mm-hmm. to um,
1: a second bar that they would open only for us. Yeah. You know, and then from that, we moved to another part of the hotel which uh, you know it you've seen it Um, and now uh, we have nowhere to go I mean Mm -hmm. it takes it takes last year we had uh 50 I think we had 52 tables if I remember well and this year they got strict with us and they told us we couldn't have as many because uh fire exits and this and security and so they, they cut that down to A little less than 50 if I remember well. Uh, But then if you add, you know, the double tables and people that come and bring more than one brands with them, uh, it's gonna be around 70 names. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. And um, obviously, so so for those who don't know the um, when is the World Time event this year? Um, obviously, we, we told them it's at the Sofitel Hotel. Um, and I just want to reiterate, guys, it's free for you to attend, like if you are not a brand. Um, and that is obviously to encourage you to come and come to the event and to get exposure to these 70 brands. But what time does the event start and the, the dates and all that kind of stuff under it?
1: Well, we're moving it back an hour mm-hmm. from now, uh, last year. So it's going to start at 2 yep in the afternoon mm-hmm. and it's going to close at seven
0: yep and uh, that is
1: the date again is it's on the saturday the 23rd of september mm-hmm. it's in the zen room what they call the zen room at the sofitel so if yep. you walk in to the sofitel at the reception to ask where the zen room is you just make a, a right you go all the way down the lobby to the far end and they have a lovely lovely room there uh, with very, very tall. Uh, uh, ceilings and an adjacent a bar that they set up for us and um, that's where it happens it's five hours we're not a two day event or a three day event where. uh uh And one day event five hours between lunch and dinner on a Saturday when most people are not work working. Um, and uh, we're at the Sofitel in Mm -hmm. London Heathrow T5 very easy to get to from if you're coming from downtown London you you take the uh, uh, Piccadilly line Mm -hmm. and um, if you're driving from around the area uh, we negotiate uh, a special parking uh, price for everybody that's attending so you would be getting uh your pass validated by us uh, uh so uh, you get you get your parking at the, at the mm-hmm. substantial yeah and of course if you want to stay over the night before or after or both uh we have again negotiated um uh room rates with the hotel Mm-hmm. And a lot of us go for, you know, a couple of days. I mean, obviously yep. I fly in from Cyprus, so I have to stay three, four days. I have to arrive earlier with Colin so we can set everything up. But yep. a lot of our friends, you know, come for at least one night and they, they you know, they'll bring their, their significant other with them mm-hmm. and spend some time and um, just have a nice time.
0: Yeah, it's always a good time. Um, and like you said, the, the main event is the main event. But obviously, some people fly in before they have like dinner the night before or yeah. drinks in London. Yeah. You know, they arrange to have smaller get-togethers with other members of the divers watchers group, as it were, um, before and like you said, and afterwards. You know, it's always nice um, to you know um, stay the night and have breakfast the next day with everyone yeah. before everyone starts departing and flying off. Um, but yeah, no, and while, looking-
1: have- and while you're having breakfast so and so uh ceo of brand x walks in and you're like hey uh, you know daniel yeah, yeah. come in and sit with us you know and exactly it, it, it's, it's so nice it's
0: so nice it you know? yeah the um just like i said the atmosphere um is really good you'll meet people there who are just genuinely nice people be that ever attendees be that brands and like you said owners of brands and whatever and you know it's also always good to see certain people that i know that i'll only tend to see at that event so i mean i probably only see them really realistically once a year but you know be that a couple of brands that i follow um and it's all, just like i said it's always nice to have a catch-up isn't it and see them uh, in terms of people who have never been to the event before um how do they go about getting the information so do they have to become a member well they have to become a member of the divers watches facebook group so did you know do they apply to be a member and you know then find the World Time event page, or do they apply to be a member and tell you, look, I want to be a member because I want to come along to the, no, no, along no. None to the event. Of None of that. Okay. How does None it work? That.
1: You don't need to be a member
0: of divers mm-hmm. watches. You don't
1: need to be a customer of local time. No. You don't need to be anything. You, you, there's no, uh, ticket to mm-hmm. pay, to get in. It's uh, free entrance for the public mm-hmm. and not only for you, you can bring your family your uh, kids we have people that bring the kids and they have a nice day out you know Mm -hmm. or or your friends who you like you you think they they would like um an event like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so um all you do is just show up and um, there will be somebody there at the reception to welcome you give you your yard with your name on it and you know explain to you where everything is and what you need to do Uh, Nothing else to do. Um, If you want to find out beforehand, uh, Mm -hmm. all the information, because everybody has questions about, hey, you know, what time, how do I get, what if this, what if that, Um, you can um, request um, our information pack, which we will email to you uh, uh, in a PDF file. So feel free to uh, email us. At mm-hmm. info at worldtimeuk.com, uh, and we will reply back with the updated information pack. Yeah, uh, you can also uh, uh, visit our website uh, mm-hmm. worldtimeuk.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, we have a Facebook event page. So even if, if you just look up for World Time UK, all They'll these, come come up. and yep. you can, uh, you know check as attending uh on the event page uh, you don't need to you know pre-register uh, you don't need to buy a ticket none of that mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. cool I will I mean I've got a copy of the uh, updated information pack I've got all your emails and stuff so they're going to go into my show notes obviously when this episode airs you know it'll be another location for people to find it particularly obviously in my audience which would be really yeah. good Andreas I'm obviously Mega looking forward to um, the event I always look forward to. I always have a good time uh, meeting new brands, meeting old brands, meeting up with, um, you know, contacts across the watch collecting community. And me and you always have a nice drink together. Uh, And obviously it's different this year because obviously it was only a few weeks ago that I turned up at the shop, which is always nice. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person. Which Um, reminds me,
1: Daniel, I have to officially thank you for For stepping up when was it last year or the year before it was the year, uh, before, the was year before
2: yes the year yeah.
1: after COVID, the mm-hmm. first year after COVID, our photographer for the event called in sick yes you Remember? yes and you were yeah. there and you had your camera and yeah. you're like leave this to me you know leave and, it to me i got this yeah. it, was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was it was you and Colin son colin's yes. son um, uh, also had a camera with him and yeah. you, you, you you know that's how yeah nice
0: nicely things work at our events <laughs> yeah exactly not a problem and you know that my camera will be coming with me to the next event as well as standard. Wonderful. So that's not a problem um, thank you Andreas. i appreciate it um so before we move on to obviously other social media and where people can find you andreas is there anything that you feel that we've missed about well time about divers watches facebook group or about local time in general or are you happy for us to move on well, local
1: time is, is my my personal business. It's watch related, of course. Uh, like you said, I, I sell watches, modern mm-hmm. watches. I sell vintage watches. Um, I sell straps, tons mm-hmm. of straps. You'll find a lot of straps in my store. And of course, anyone, anyone who is listening and is um, either based in Nicosia or in Cyprus and is visiting Nicosia or uh anywhere else and you're vacationing in uh, cyprus uh give me a call uh come down to the store uh you know um i love for a good word and uh, uh and a little bit of uh, a cool air conditioning mm-hmm. uh, uh, from uh, from the heat and I'd i'd love to meet you if you come yeah
0: yeah, always drop in if you can, guys. Because also, what Andreas forgets to tell you is about eighty meters down the road from him is a really nice burger bar where me and you had lunch uh, right. a couple of weeks that's ago. Right. So, so yeah. that's always good as well. Um, yeah. and Andreas, um, final bit about local time. You obviously you said that you you sell. Modern watches, vintage watches, and straps, and obviously everything else to do with watches. Um, yeah. But you also offer servicing, don't you? Um, I felt I, that was important. Well, I do.
1: I do for for not not for everybody. I have to admit, you know, okay. because if I opened that up to everybody, I I, I, I wouldn't be doing anything else. But um, uh, for friends and customers, if they need help yeah. with um, or even just some advice, some people yeah. come in and they tell me. Uh, you know, I have this watch. Where do you think I should take it? And I, I said, well, that watch, if it was me, I would take it to Daniel, let's say. Yeah. Uh, that watch, if it was me, I would take it to Andreas, you know? And yeah. I, I might have them like that, or even take the watch in and arrange for it myself. Because yeah, I, I do do a lot of watch parts as well. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, uh, I, I specialize in mainsprings. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure uh, almost everybody knows what a mainspring is. Yep. If you're servicing your watch, if you're not going to change the mainspring, don't bother dude. it. Don't yeah. you know? Don't don't take it through the risk of opening it up just to you know look inside. You need to change the mainspring. Yeah, okay. um, and um, uh, I've spent years researching and finding out what each caliber, what mainspring each caliber uses, and um, I, I can help with
0: that. Happy days. Yeah, guys, basically, Andreas is the font of all knowledge for watches. And he's one of my ports of call that I always go to when I've got a problem with watches. And, you know, I'm not about to say that I'm the most expert watch collector, because I'm definitely not. I'm still collecting. um, But I like to think that I've got some niche knowledge. But even I take watches and throw them onto uh, andreas's demagnetizer every time i go out there or onto his time grapher just to see what could be wrong with my watches and um like i said it's always helpful to know someone who can help you right um andreas with your social media then on online where can people find you where can people engage with you um be it local time the, the divers watches group or world time
1: well, um, you're welcome to join any of our uh, Facebook groups, if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, are, there are five groups are so divers watches, chronograph watches, uh, vintage timepieces, uh, pilot watches and celebrity watches. Um, we have uh, uh, an Instagram page for uh, the divers watches group. Yep. We have uh, an Instagram page for World Time UK.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: my Local Time uh, is uh, also has its own Instagram page, and all these also have their Facebook pages. Uh, you can reach me directly on my private uh, email, which is andreas.gregoriadis.com. Mm-hmm. My store is mylastname.com, gregoriadis.com. Uh, And I'd I'd be glad to hear from you and, uh, you know, just to exchange a couple of friendly words or offer some advice or help.
0: Yep, happy days. Right, Um, Andreas, uh, moving on to closing notes. Um, Obviously, We've discussed closing notes before, guys, this is a section of the episode where me and obviously my guests basically just give you something else to go um, out and have a look at or try and attend or go down, and, you know, eat, drink, read, watch. Um, or like I said, it'll be actually a location to go and have a look at. So Andreas, as you are my guest, uh, what is your closing note for the audience today?
1: Well, um, it was a pleasure and an honor to be invited. Thank you, Daniel uh okay. i don't usually do these things as you know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed this very much um, thank you again for inviting me
0: it's always a pleasure
1: thanks to everybody who um, uh, listened to us um, uh, i hope that you will be able to make it uh, down to um, uh, the sofitel in on uh, the mm-hmm. uh, 23rd um, I'll remind you of my, of the uh, World Time uh, email. If you want an information pack, it's info at worldtimeuk.com. Send us just a brief message, or even just write information pack on the subject line and we'll uh, send it immediately. Uh, Feel free to, uh, you know, um, uh, come and visit uh, Mm -hmm. in Cyprus. Uh, visit uh, any of the groups on Facebook uh, the the gregoriadi store if you need anything um, we do have a little event every uh, at the, at, uh, like at local time every spring uh, at the end of May usually uh, here at the store if you happen to have inside to, to be in Cyprus come on in uh, you will also be able to enjoy some of my uh, friends uh, Uh, locally distilled jeans which i know you uh you like uh in the uk um his name is aris he's my longtime friend and uh classmate since we were kids and he runs aristist and makes some fantastic locally produced um, gin and whiskies and vodka and some other exciting stuff
0: nice I look forward to trying some of his alcohol i'm going to get you to bring over a small I, bottle i kicked uh, myself that <laughs> I
1: you, uh, to give you some
0: last time Nah, it's fine it's fine i'll uh, i'll have a, i'll have a i'll have a dram of whiskey with you when i uh, see you on the 23rd but um yes yeah. yeah, go go check out um aristides uh distillery um guys it's it's quite cool to obviously support independent brands as you know as i like to do but more importantly you know cyprus i effectively is my home um so go check it out because his alcohol is actually made in cyprus from specific um like uh wheats or juniper berries and stuff like that that are you know effectively originate from cyprus so go check out if you know we, if
1: we might also we'll have our next get
0: together there for oh, the, for, as well yeah, yeah so, so also
1: at, the, at the distillery so
0: there you go so also get get yourself to Cyprus in May because then you can go have watches whiskey and gin all in the same place uh, which would be awesome um my uh closing note guys is actually watch related so obviously at the time of recording I mentioned it at the very beginning um I'm due to go to the Elliot Brown uh, boutique launch, which is happening today. Um, So obviously by the time this airs, the boutique is a physical thing. Uh, If you're ever down in pool, I would just implore you to go check it out because obviously that's what they've opened it up for. They want people to go down and have a look. Um, The idea will be that it's a, a boutique space for you to go meet the brand, uh, potentially have certain meetings if you're into the special projects like I am, um, collect your watch, um, obviously, and have a good time. And also, I think that there's plans for like specific boutique edition watches and boutique edition merchandise as well. So, you know, um, if you're ever in that uh, that part of the world in England and you're into watches and you like Elliot Brown, I would say drop, drop in because that's what they're telling people to do. Um, but, Andreas, thank you very much, mate, for giving up your time to come and speak to me today. I know it's been... A while to plan, and I also know it took a little bit longer um, for us to obviously get through what we want to speak to. But I've really enjoyed our conversation. I know my audience will be looking forward to hearing your views on Vintage Doxa. They'll also be looking forward to um, obviously all the information about World Time UK. And I know some of the audience will be in attendance. Uh, and I also know that those who can't attend um are thoroughly jealous that they are not able to fly in this year. But hopefully, maybe obviously next year or in future events they'll be able to finally come to a divers watch this facebook group event um andreas i'll see you in a couple of well less than a couple of weeks And this what yes, four weeks four weeks or so uh yeah. looking forward to having a catch up with you then and guys until the next episode which i believe is going to be another interview episode but i think it's going to be with a brand i need to check with their schedule uh if not i'm just going to pull out a new episode um with another uh watch group effectively um so i've got two um episodes in the works for early october by the time this airs but guys um i hope you enjoyed the episode and i will catch you in a bit